Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. About friendship. Together with prayer, I think friendship is one of the building blocks that I believe strengthens us in the spiritual health of our church as we go into 2024. So let's pray as we start, and then we'll look at it together. Father God, thank you for friendship. We're grateful for the people in our lives that you give us. Thank you that you model close friendship with us. You are the God of the universe, yet you choose to draw near to us. So help us this evening, Father, to listen humbly and with care to what you want us to hear so that we may grow stronger in friendship as a church. Our longing is that those who come in through the doors at Emmanuel Notice the depth of our friendship with each other and recognise, Lord, that it comes from you. Amen. Well, normally we have a little moment now when we talk to each other and we'd love to encourage you to do that this evening. Um, We'd love to invite you to spend a few moments, maybe going to get a drink. Is there still hot Yes, there is still some tea and coffee available if you'd like to go and get one. Um, Stand up, stretch your legs. At the moment, we're all looking this way. Let's turn and look at each other. And we'd love you to answer the following question. We'd love you to ask each other, what will you be doing at this time tomorrow? Now, as I look out on the church, I can see that some of you know exactly what you'll be doing at this time tomorrow. For instance, if your children sitting with your parents, <laughs> you know what each other are doing. So what we'd love to invite you to do is actually be brave enough to look around and find someone who you don't know the answer to for that question. So for example, I know Stu pretty well, but I don't think I know the answer to the question for Stu, so I could ask Stu. So if you've come with someone from the same family, why don't you get up and ask someone else? You don't have to talk to a complete stranger, but talk to someone and say, what will you be doing at this time tomorrow? You've got three or four moments. You can get a cup of tea if you like, and you don't have to do this at all, but it's a good thing to do. Okay, wonderful. Please find a seat again. 
We've got a sermon to listen to. You know, Stu and I were talking about what to, what question to ask, and we chose this question quite deliberately because sometimes I think at a church like Emmanuel, it's a big church, um, and we can look at each other across the pews, and we have no idea of what what actually goes on in someone's life outside the church sometimes, I think. So it's quite a good question to ask each other. Anyway, as I've said, we're going to be talking about friendship this evening, and I'm going to do so in three parts. We're going to be talking about the changing shape of friendship, how friendship has changed in our culture today, and where it's particularly under pressure. We're going to be looking at the biblical shape of friendship, how we know friendship matters to God's, and then I'm going to be leaving us with a response and a challenge. So as I was thinking about friendship in recent weeks, there were two famous examples of friendship that came into my head. The first one, can we show the picture of um, Kevin? Yeah, thanks, Ian. One of the most famous friendships we've seen broadcast and that was recently honoured in the New Year's honours list is that between former rugby league players and teammates, Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow. Shortly after retiring from rugby, Rob was diagnosed with motor neurone disease. His former team captain and friend, Kevin, has spent the past years since he was diagnosed running marathons and raising awareness and funds about motor neurone disease for his friend. This is him carrying him across the finish line in a recent marathon. The two recently published a book entitled With You Every Step, And the quote here on the screen is one spoken by Rob through his voice bank, which is very cool because it's got a Yorkshire accent just like he would have wanted. Their desire is to show the strength that friendship brings, particularly among two men who find it hard to talk about things. They see friendship as providing support to make life bearable. The second example of friendship that came into my mind was much sadder. If you're of a certain generation, you may well have spent hours of your life watching the TV series Friends. Last November, one of the most popular characters on the show, Matthew Perry, who played Chandler, was found dead at his home at the age of 54. It's an ironic tragedy, isn't it, that one of the most popular actors in a show all about the strength of friendship was, by his own admission, an incredibly lonely man. In a review of his autobiography, The Guardian said about the book, the most desolate moments come when he evaluates his life now, sitting in a huge house overlooking the ocean but with no one to share it with. The overwhelming sense is of a lonely, disappointed man in desperate need of a hug. Well, these two examples, sorry, these two images are examples which demonstrate where we're at as a society when it comes to friendship. On the one hand, the depth of relationship that comes when friends bring out the best in each other is one that is widely celebrated and, and admired. And I believe that's because it reflects one of the core ways that we're wired by our creator God. Looking at the photo of Sinfield and Burrow without knowing the story, you may be led to believe that it's, it's tragic, that it shows suffering. But those two men would say instead that the photo shows a depth of relationship that brings joy to pain. 
And on the other hand, Matthew Perry Chandler was probably considered one of the most fortunate men in the world at the peak of his fame. The actors from Friends are clearly good friends on and off set with each other and, to be honest, were the envy of many viewers. Yet despite huge wealth and acclaim, his story shows that those who look most together often suffer from the most devastating loneliness. So we can see that friendship brings great benefits and the lack of friendship brings great sadness. But friendship today is under, under pressure, I think, and I'd like us to spend a few moments thinking about the changing shape of friendship in our modern world. When it comes to modern relationships, there's no doubt some are considered more important than others. In fact, I believe there's something a little bit like idolatry around romantic relationships, being part of a couple, and also around the relationship between a parent and their children. In our modern culture, I would say that maybe these two relationships define what's considered successful. Traditionally, relationships have centered on community and the extended family, and that's still true in many countries of the world. But here in the West, relational focus is more about being part of a couple or about children and parents. And it comes with a sense of accomplishment or achievement. Look at me, I've made it to the top. But as we'll see in coming weeks, the way God wants us to relate to one another is quite different from this. And when it comes to friendship, the Bible wants us to view this vital relationship differently. Done well, you see, friendship's a means to counteract the loneliness and rejection that can come when these other relationship idols let us down. So I think it's fair to say we all recognise that friendship brings us health and happiness. But sometimes it is neglected because maybe it's a relationship that we don't think about very much and we take it for granted. So I'm going to suggest three ways that modern friendships under pressure. First of all, I think there's a huge pressure on time. Where does all our time go to? We say to each other, oh, we must catch up. But often we don't have time to do so. We should have more time than ever before in this modern era, but each year it feels a bit like we have less. And I, I wonder if maybe the way we work is one of the reasons. Working from home has meant for many of us, we never really leave the office behind. The nature of work has changed so that often we're mentally exhausted by the end of the day. And it's really hard for us to be able to give out and engage socially with friends. We're often quite transient, aren't we? We move in and out of jobs or social circles far more than has been normal in history meaning we don't really invest deeply before we're moving on again. In fact, we hold ourselves back. I wonder if when we look back on our week, we can even account for how we've spent many of our hours of time. I can't. All we know is that often we don't have time for more than a quick catch-up with our friends, and sometimes we feel too tired to even do that. The second pressure, I think, is on us being vulnerable with each other. Let's think about how well our friends know us. In some ways, thanks to technology, communities and connections have never been easier to create. Yet for many people, the definition of becoming friends has been reduced to a request being accepted on social media. 
the vulnerability and openness that's one of the most precious gifts of true face-to-face -face friendship has changed with social media. Our profile photo shows how we'd like to appear to other people and maybe not how we really are. This feels like one of the most fundamental shifts in relationship, how it's done. We're now often scared of people seeing us as we really are. How can we expect our friendships to go deep if they're dependent on us trying to be what other people expect us to be? Thirdly, it's very hard for us now to be fully present. I think actually we're often scared about going deep with each other, leading on from vulnerability, but then we're missing out on what friendship really can give us. Modern life with its noise and distractions means we're seldom fully present to others. And sometimes we don't discourage that. We tend to stay with people who are like us because it feels less demanding and scary. But when this happens, friendship stays like in the shallow end and we all miss out. Being present with each other means listening well, even when we don't agree, sharing what's going on with us honestly, seeing friendship as a place where we give as well as receive. Often though, we don't really do this because we're thinking about ourselves or the next thing we have to do. So I've deliberately drawn out these three pressures on friendship, pressures on time, vulnerability, and being present with each other to highlight some of the challenges that friendship faces for us as modern people. But I don't want you to go from here feeling really depressed. And the great news is that we are believers, we have good news, and we're going to hear the good news of the Bible now as Rebecca comes. Rebecca's going to read a passage from Ecclesiastes, which we've chosen because it's like a little microcosm of what we learn in the Bible about friendship. I love the pictures it paints, so as you listen to it, enjoy those. So as Natasha said, this evening's reading is from Ecclesiastes uh, 4, 8 to 12. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If they fall down, one can help the other up, but pity those who fall and have no friend to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. So let's think a little about the biblical shape of friendship. As I pondered this passage this week, I realised it provides an antidote to the three pressures on friendship we've just talked about. Let's look at some of the ways it does that. So time. If we look at verse 9, again, it shows us that doing life together 
brings great benefits. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So when we spend our time with each other, it makes life more satisfying and productive. And if we look back at verse 8, it shows us how meaningless it is to spend our, all our time and effort and money on ourselves. So therefore, spending time with each other is a wise use of our time. Presence, being present with each other. Verse 10, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up reminds us of the importance of being together so that we're able to help each other. Sometimes I think in, in our modern culture, we are taught that we're stronger if we're independent, we're doing it on our own. But how much better for us as Ecclesiastes to have those we can lean on when things go pear-shaped. And verse 11, this lovely verse, two lying down together will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Sometimes this has been seen to reflect a romantic relationship, but actually I think, and the commentaries think, <laughs> that this shows two friends warming each other by their companionship. It's hard to feel a warmth of heart if we're only friends via a social media page, isn't it? This verse, warming each other by being together, implies the warmth of being together in person. That smile that we feel when we meet a good friend unexpectedly. The anticipation of being able to share authentically with someone who really loves us. And vulnerability. Reaching out to a friend when we're at our most vulnerable is not a sign of weakness, teaches Ecclesiastes, but it's a sign of wisdom. Verse 10 reminds us that the one who has no one to help them up when they fall down is in a hopeless situation. Well, how often do we feel as if we shouldn't ask for help when it's actually one of the joys of friendship to do so? Verse 12 helps us see that when we're feeling vulnerable from attack, our friends will walk alongside us and help us to fight. I love to think of this verse as one for believers because we're told we're in a spiritual battle. There are times when we really struggle to pray or to see God at work in a situation. This verse teaches us to ask someone else to pray for us when we get to that place, because two can defend themselves better than one struggling on alone. Again, I think the modern way that has seeped into the church is to seem strong, or as if we've got it all together. But let's not be scared of telling our friends when we feel as if everything's falling apart. The beautiful picture of a rope in verse 11, formed out of separate strands, but so much stronger when tightly held together, is what I believe the Bible wants us to take away about the image of friendship. The strength of friendship that comes when we build deep connections with fellow believers is one that David's going to unpack more next week. So this passage is beautiful in its metaphors and its pictures, but in some ways we could say, all it does is give us some good common sense. But actually, the picture of friendship that it paints is one painted across the whole story of Scripture. From the very start of the Bible in the book of Genesis, we learn we have a God who's created us to thrive in relationship. Without others, we wither. 
As we move through both the Old and New Testament, we realize that relationship, or often called friendship, between God and his people is what makes us strong for what he asks us to do. We don't have a God who is far removed from us, but one who delights to spend time with us. The whole Bible points towards Jesus, who is the greatest friend of all. Reaching out in friendship to a world that would reject him, Jesus modelled the ultimate vulnerability in friendship. He left heaven for earth, coming sacrificially to us. And most wonderfully of all, because of Jesus making that first move of friendship, we now, tonight, have the possibility of friendship with God. Through forgiveness and grace, Jesus showed us the beauty of the best kind of friendship. So I'd love us to spend the last part of our time together this evening looking at what we can take away from tonight as a church family at the start of this new year. The Bible doesn't only teach us how to treat people, but also how to invest our energy. So how do we invest our energy well in each other as a church when it comes to friendship? Well, I'd like to suggest we do so as a response to God, and I'd like to leave us with a challenge. So firstly, a response. Let's pick up on those three words once more. Time, presence, and vulnerability. Looking again at this passage in Ecclesiastes in the light of the whole of Scripture, we can see that friendship is an investment of time we're asked to make in response to our relational God. We are asked to respond to Jesus, who modelled what deep friendship really looks like. For Jesus, that didn't mean having dozens of friends who don't really know us, but investing deeply in a few. Maybe for that for us, that means committing to a deeper, broader presence with those around us. The one who made himself utterly available to God asks us to respond by acting sacrificially to others. Maybe that means we need to reconsider our time. When we respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we're emboldened and empowered And that means that we can be vulnerable and open with each other. We're given what we need to reach out to others with grace. So as a church, I believe that we can grow deeper in friendship when it comes from a place of response to what God has first done for us. And so the challenge for us tonight. In his excellent book on friendship, Phil Knox says, The pursuit of deep, close, intimate friendships really matters and does not happen by accident. The pursuit of deep, close, intimate friendships really matters and does not happen by accident. In order to pursue this depth of friendship, we need to use our time wisely, be present with each other and be prepared to be vulnerable. When our friendships start from this place of response to God's love for us, I believe we will grow as a church in our discipleship, in our evangelism, and in our unity. 
Let's make 2024 a year when friendships across our church become deeper, closer, and more intimate because God is the one behind them. We're going to spend a little while reflecting on this. I'm going to ask Stu and the band to come up. I'm going to take a few minutes to respond to what we've heard while they play. So first of all, let's just pray. Father, thank you that before you call us to be friends with each other, you extend that extraordinary offer of friendship to us. We're so grateful for the gift of relationship with you and also the strength that friendship brings to each other. In the year ahead, may our relationships at Emmanuel reflect Jesus in intentionality, self-sacrifice, and grace. Amen. It may be that this subject of friendship is one that's felt painful for us tonight. Maybe we're feeling lonely. Maybe we're feeling let down or betrayed or angry with a friend. Maybe we've come to church and find it a lonely place or a place where we feel as if we no longer have good friends. Holy Spirit, work gently to restore where relationships are damaged. May you bring comfort and strength to those who are feeling lonely and sad tonight. Maybe you feel convicted at the start of this new year to invest more time, to be more open, to listen more wisely in relationships here at church. Holy Spirit, please would you help our church to become a place where friendship grows in 2024. Please protect this spiritual battleground from the attacks of the enemy on our friendships. Maybe you'd love someone to pray with you tonight. Maybe you'd love to accept the offer of friendship that God offers through Jesus. If you make your way to the back of the church, there will be people who are very happy to pray with you. But actually, one of the most beautiful ways that we can show friendship to each other is by praying for each other. So what I'd love us to do as we finish before Stu leads us in our final song is turn to each other. If you would like to do so, turn to each other and just simply ask, what can I pray for you? 
and pray that for each other tonight. The band will keep playing for two or three minutes. If you prefer to just sit quietly with your eyes shut praying about this, then do. But it's a beautiful way for us, I believe, to start the new year by praying. Holy Spirit, make us a house of prayer as we spend time looking after each other and allowing your love to shape how we interact with each other. So let's spend a few moments praying for each other. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.